Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. And yes, this is Jordan filling in tonight and then tomorrow night. And then Morgan will be here Friday. Dan is off this week. And final hour, I thought we'd have a little bit more fun and uh, continue with the music theme. And if you have a favorite live music memory, it doesn't have to be a huge concert event. It can be a cocktail lounge or... Uh, a, a coffee bar or something like that, anything like that, coffee house. Um, I have a story real quick, and then we'll go to call. 617-254-1030 is the number, uh, and you can call on any subject in terms of music, genre, whatever you'd like. <laughs> I, I guess I'm an old soul, but in the early 80s, there was a, a really cool thing that the Boston Globe mag, uh, newspaper ran called the Boston Globe Jazz Festival, and I remember being with a good friend, still my good friend today, my best friend. We went to see a show, part of the jazz festival, at the Park Plaza Ballroom. Now, if you know anything about the Park Plaza Hotel, it's one of the Grand Doms of Boston. And uh, all kinds of famous people have had their campaigns launched in the ballroom. And it's really historic. Anyway, the concert that we went to see featured two groups, the opening act was a group called the Widespread Depression Orchestra. They disbanded many, many years ago, but these guys were terrific. They did music from the 20s and the 30s, but mainly the, the 20s, sort of the uh, Big Spiderbeck style music, very, very roaring 20s kind of, and I, we, I just loved them, loved them. And they opened for somebody who remains one of my favorites of all time, Lionel Hampton. Lionel Hampton, who played the drums originally, then he played the vibes, known mainly for the vibes. Hey, Bob, a rebop, uh, one of jazz and swing's greatest artists, played with Benny Goodman and uh, so many other greats. Anyway, the concert, the widespread depression was just tremendous. They were kicking it and uh, dressed like with zoot suits and the whole deal. And then they gave way to the Lionel Hampton band. And this turns into the best concert I've ever seen. He was amazing at 76 or 7 years old, playing throughout the entire concert. And you could get up close to the stage, right? Because it was not um, prime seating or, or reserve seating. And there was a lot of room for dancing. They, they invited people to dance. I didn't dance with my best friend because that would have been uh, inappropriate. But we stood next to the stage and... When you watched Lionel Hampton or heard Lionel Hampton perform the vibes, he did something that other jazz instrumentalists do, and he would hum. And it was the thrill of a lifetime to hear him humming that close. Anyway, he did like four encores. The concert went till 2 in the morning, and it was the greatest concert of my life. And I've been to quite a few shows, but that was the greatest. So... We bring it up. Why? Because we just had an hour with uh, the modern version of the Platters, 70-plus years of history there. They'll be at Kowloon's on Saturday, by the way, KowloonRestaurant.com. And I just thought it'd be fun to chat a little bit about music uh, as we close out this hectic day, right? Right? 617-254-1030. Dan on vacation. Jordan here. And let's say hello to Joe in Belmont. How are you, Joe? Good, uh, good Jordan. How are you? Just great now that you called. I called you about Hillary Stevens before, and I enjoyed you as a DJ from 10 to 2 on Wish. Oh, the old days, yes. Yeah, but I wanted to... 
I wanted to say I saw a great performance at a nightclub in Las Vegas, uh, the Pussycat A Go Go, when Gladys Knight and the uh, Pips uh, were first starting out, and I don't think they had many hit records that, then. They were very young, and one of my favorite songs was uh, "Midnight Brains to Georgia." Midnight Train to Georgia, one of their biggest hits, absolutely. Yeah, if you get the if you get the pun, uh, brains and train. But uh, oh, wait a minute, you know, the feminist. Okay. Huh? <laughs> I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. Go you ahead. know, and one of my favorite lines from that this, that song is, "The feminists would hate me for saying this, but I would rather live in his world than live in mine." Yes, I do remember those lyrics very clearly. That's true. I never thought of it that way. And, wow. you know, music, uh, I don't know what percentage of the music, but music can give you good advice. And it's also uh, poetry, like uh, the song Smiling Faces and Money, Money. And Hit the Road Jack, if you know what's going Right, on. right. There's so many <laughs> of them. You can learn the way, a lot you... from music if you listen closely. By by the way, do you know what a pip is? Uh, someone who uh, advertised for prostitutes? No, that's no, a pimp. Watch it now. Oh, no, they, oh. A, a pip. Uh, it's got something to do with the finance and stock market, but I believe it's also that little uh, on a on a officer's braids on his collar. At least on Star Trek, uh, Captain Picard had four pips, and he wasn't Gladys Knight. Am I right or am I wrong? Somebody correct me on that. I'm, I can't even look it up. I'm too... I think you're right, Jordan. And uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I forgot I forgot now. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite decadent music is the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I love that. That's a lot of decadence in three decades. But, yeah, I love all... I love the three decades, you know? Do you like the hip... <laughs> do you like the hip-hop and rap, Jordan? There's only one rap song for me, and it's the greatest song of all time in that genre, and that's, uh, uh, I just flew out of my head, uh, at a hip hop, a hit of it, what's it called? I just, Rapper's Delight. Oh. When that came out, and I heard, at, anyone who can use the term K-O-Pectate in a song gets my vote every time. Yeah. And I, that's I'm going to stop That's interesting. Right Anyway, it's good to talk to you, Joe. Uh, really appreciate the call. We've got a lot of callers who want to join in. You got this thing started. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you. Take care. Uh, yes. Uh, I, a pip actually is, uh, I just looked it up because I cheated. A pip is a seed, uh, a tiny seed from a piece of fruit. So that makes sense if you, if you look at uh, Captain Picard's uniform. Boy, are we going off the rails. He's got those little dots on his collar and those are known as pips there you go ah the things you learn in this business 617-254-1030 david is next on wbz's Nightside. hello david hi jordan how you doing great i how just got a, a quick quick little story um uh, you, you you remember me from all the travel that i used to do and oh sure of course i times. remember you yes. yeah uh so the last time i had a birthday my uh grandchildren decided to take me out to uh, the Bridgeway Inn down in Hummer Rock, my favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. So they told me to wait in the restaurant for five minutes while they go out. And I had no idea what they were doing. And my 
granddaughter, Elizabeth Higgins from Plymouth, she takes violin lessons. And when I walked out the door, she played happy birthday to me on a violin. She had practiced all week long. It was one of the best I ever had heard, you know? That That's a great that's a great story about how music can impact you. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that and lovely? Did she continue the with the violin? So other... Pardon me? She, she did she it continue? with the violin. Oh, she still plays. Yeah, Pullman school systems are excellent, uh, you know, getting the kids involved in music. In fact, all my grandchildren are, are playing. Yeah, it's... But, it's... Uh, I'll let you go. I know you get a lot of calls. All right, it's and great like to hear from you. But, well, wait a minute before you go. Any travel yeah. uh, stories quick before you leave? Yes, I'm, I'm hoping to get to oh, We did take a 45-day trip across America, all back roads, no highways. My wife said that the United States is the most beautiful country, and she can't believe that more people don't get off the highway, no interstates, all back roads. And she it was by it. car or uh, RV? By, or by what? Buick. Uh, yeah, we had a four-cylinder Buick. <laughs> I got 54.8 miles to a gallon for one tankful, and the worst tankful I've had is 31.8. It's not a hybrid, is it? Or is it? No, it's, uh, it's just a four-cylinder gas. It's all uh, driving uh, the way you drive, you know. Yeah. But anyways, um, uh, it's great to talk to you. And, uh, I'll Likewise. You Very nice to hear from okay. you. That's a, great, that's a great story. I talk about music impacting, you know, live performance. He, his granddaughter serenading him by surprise with a violin. That's about as good as it gets. 617-254-1030. We'll take a quick time out. And uh, more calls coming in. Again, it's it's wrapping up the show tonight with something a little less pungent, a little more fun, a little more interesting. Especially when you think about what we just did in the previous hour. I hope you caught it with the, uh, the gentleman from the new version of The Platters. The music that reminded you of not just your youth, but of maybe that first date or falling in love or breaking up, <laughs> whatever. Uh, that's the impact that I was looking for. So if you have a particular musical event or that had a song played and you were there live, what was that like? 617-254-1030. Quick time out, and we'll be back with much more Nightside right after this. Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Yes, this is Jordan Rich with you until midnight tonight. 617-254-1030 is our telephone number. Here's Ashley in Rentham. Why would you buy them when you can rent them? Hello, Ashley. Hello, Jordan. How are you? Two things. Um, one thing you mentioned was the, the platters. And, you know, when I was growing up in the 50s and 60s, um, you know, there might have been a lot of prejudice and so on, but with the friends and the people I hung around with, we all thought the players were a class act, and we never knew why they didn't sing in this country for a while. But when I heard your program, now I know. But they were a class act, and, and uh, they were a pleasure to listen to and, and everything. I just, you know, now I'm filled in 40, 50 years later. But anyway, number two, years ago they had music on the common in Boston. And I went into Boston with a friend of mine, uh, Larry, his wife, uh, Marsha, and my former wife and I went in and we listened to Boston uh, music on the common. And who was there but Brenda Lee. And Brenda oh. Lee introduced, introduced herself, and she started talking about different things. Very personal, warm gal, and said she started singing in church, as a matter of fact. 
and what a nice night that was. Uh, she gave us part of her life where she grew up and uh, some of the people that she knew. And uh, my former brother-in-law actually went in the, uh, in the Army Airborne, and a friend of his knew her personally, and they went visit her, visited her at her home. And she was very um, just a regular down-to-earth gal, and that was a real nice experience seeing her in the Boston uh, or music on the common in Boston. That was a long time ago, but what a nice gal. Very warm, very classy gal. Yeah, you, you mentioned the common, and uh, I was just looking this up to get the date. Judy Garland had a historic event on the common shortly before she died, uh, August 31, 1967. Thousands of people turned out to uh, a, an event like that. I mean, there are certain events that you just remember because of the time, the place, the individuals. But that sounds like great fun. Brenda Lee with uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, right? Yeah, and she sang uh, several songs. And and just, um, you know, it, it was one of those times when and sometimes when you get to see a performer where they really, like, they, they're warm. They want you to know them, and they want to know you. And that's what she was a real class act, really good. Yeah, it's nice to hear stories like that when you hear it about other performers who are standoffish or worse. It's nice to know that there are yeah. some nice people in show business. Yeah, Very she's good. a great, great gal. Now, Ashley, were you named after Ashley Wilkes, or is that just a coincidence? No, no. Um, actually, I have a great uncle before Ashley Wilkes. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, um, my great uncle was named Ashley Bigelow, and... I looked at my grandmother, and they had a farm over on the Mellis Norfolk line, and on the wall was a picture of a guy in a, a cavalry uniform on, like it would, would have been in the days of, um, uh, you know, when they wore had swords and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of that TV show that was about um, um, when the Indians fought and so on. They had um, half troop. <laughs> yeah, troop. There you go. And, um, uh, up up on the wall was a picture of a guy in a uniform like that, and it was had been like in the 1800s or something, and underneath that it said, Oshin Doolittle Ashley, and that's where my great-uncle got the name, and that's where I got the name. How's that for an old Yankee thing, huh? <laughs> that is an old well, Yankee thing, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, tradition is a great thing, and names are fun. I used to uh, investigate names on the late-night show when I did it for years, and Man, the stories behind people's names are always always interesting. But uh, the only Ashley I know, I know two Ashleys from Gone with the Wind and another one from here. Uh, well, I won't out in this case. But it's nice to know you, Ashley. Nice uh, to make your acquaintance, and thank you so much yeah. for that great memory. Yeah, good talking with you. You know, as a country, uh, we've lost a lot. We've got a lot to to make up. We've got a lot we need to do to pay attention. We really do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You take care, my friend. Take it easy. Thank you so much. WBZ and Nightside with Jordan Rich filling in for Dan Ray. Let's continue talking a little bit about uh, musical memories, memories of live concert events, big or small, that made a difference in your life that you'll take with you forever. Margie in New York. Welcome to WBZ. Hi, Margie. Hi. Um, I'm going to just give you the historic one, but I still attend every rock and roll, classic rock and roll. And next month I'll be seeing Springsteen again. Uh, again, how many times have you seen him? Uh, this will be my third time. I saw him, it's been seven years since he toured. 
and that was the last one I saw. And when he came out on stage, every middle-aged man in America must have gone, oh, my goodness. <laughs> because he was in good shape, right? He's right. in incredible shape. I've just seen his European tour. He's 73. I saw, never seen him live, but I saw the Broadway uh, show that he did, on, and it was the TV version. And yeah. I, I've got to tell you, he, it was a great show. He told stories, and he obviously played piano and played guitar, and and uh, it was a different side of him, and I really enjoyed that. But I've never seen him live. He, it's Well, the live thing is incredible. He sells out the entire city of Albany. You have to, well, before you buy your ticket, you get your hotel room. And then when you're there for his event, every restaurant, everything in the city is totally booked. It's absolutely amazing. I, I don't know about you, but I think it's really great that people like Bruce Springsteen and uh, the Rolling Stones at 75, 80 years old. Yep. Say what you will about age and elderly people and all that. They still Rod go out there Stewart, and bring it. He's everyone that I love in rock and roll is probably over the age of seventy. So Rod Stewart, you mentioned him. He's still yep. out there performing, right? Unbelievable! I've seen him a couple of times. I love when he comes out. He always kicks a soccer ball into the audience. Yeah, you're in my heart. That song that he wrote, I believe, exactly. is about his favorite soccer team. Um, now, do you ever, do you ever hear? You know Wayne Newton, right? You know that name. Oh, good God! Don't put him in the same category. No, no, I'm just bringing him up because he's he's 80. He just appeared in Lynn, yep. Massachusetts. He's 80 or 81, and he he still plays about 10 instruments in a concert. I'll tell you, there's something about it. I saw Tony Bennett when he was in his mid 80s. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable live. Still puts down the mic and could sing to the entire arena. That's true. I saw him at Symphony Hall do that a little earlier than you did, and he did San Francisco uh, without a microphone a cappella. Unbelievable. Now I want to tell you about probably the one person that will probably go down in my all-time history. Of course, I'm from Woodstock. So we did travel down to see the 1969 Woodstock Festival. Had my advance tickets. Didn't know if there'd be 500 people or 500,000 people. <laughs> when I got there, walked over the hill, no advance notice. There was no cell phones, nothing. All of a sudden, there's a half a million people. You came up over the hill, and you sat there for hours when is it going to start and richie havens was the first first performer do you remember him i certainly do i remember his woodstock performance absolutely oh my god it was so funny because the poor man sang freedom mm -hmm. and i can remember he kept trying to get off the stage he'd been there and every time he would start to the wings somebody would physically push him back on stage so he sang i think about a hundred choruses of freedom and do you recall i mean everything about woodstock is yep. is blurry because it was so many years ago but do you recall because today the sound systems are magnificent uh, the yep. technical digital thing but in those days it wasn't like that i mean the beatles even when they were in in Shea Stadium, sound systems were really 
antiquated compared to today. Do you remember what it sounded like? Could you make out the music? The, the sound was incredible. I don't know how tall those sound towers were, but I don't know. They might have been three, four stories high because mm -hmm. always from the stage they're going, get down from the sound towers. Oh. So even with that many people, you could hear everything. Incredible sound. Now, did you bring a bar of soap with you, or what? How did no, you I brought so, my ten-year-old daughter, oops. and uh, my husband was working at IBM. He had a crew cut, and he worked half the day. And we we just got in the car with a little bag of sandwiches, and thought <laughs> we'll spend a lovely afternoon down in Bethel. And as soon as we got within three miles of the place, we realized what's going on. So we parked the car about a mile away. We were very lucky. We parked in a field, and we walked in, and when we came over that hill, it just blew your mind. And how long did you sit there and enjoy well, the music? Well, if we didn't have the 10-year-old with us, we probably would have stayed the whole a few days. But we left late that first night. We saw quite a lot of acts. But this she will love my husband being a practical IBMer. He brought a flashlight with him. So we're leaving in the middle of the night back to our Plymouth Valiant, and he's got the flashlight. And I hear behind me like a hundred voices, and there must be at least a hundred people following my husband's flashlight. And all of a sudden, this guy taps him on the shoulder and said, Hey, dude, I lost my contact lenses. <laughs> he was the Messiah guiding them through the <laughs> Yes, the, he the was. It, you know, my, my daughter to this day says that was one of her best memories. Well, Margie, I like your style. You are a, a character. I'm sure people tell you that all the time. I love it. And I think that's great. And, uh, you know, it, it, juxtaposition is everything in life. You go to a Boston Symphony concert at Symphony Hall and you sit next to somebody with tattoos and nose rings. It can it can happen. And likewise, you know, an IBM crew cut at Woodstock. Yep, <laughs> stands, exactly. Stands out. Listen, great to talk to you, my dear. Be well. Thank you so much. And uh, keep listening. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. 617-254-1030 is the telephone number. Uh, just a nice way to wrap up the evening with the beautiful moon up there and uh, uh, twilight time. We played a little sample of that from the platters in the previous hour. Memories of musical events, live events, concerts, call them if you will, or coffee shops, coffee, not coffee shops, coffee bars, right? Coffee houses, that's what they are. Um, could be folk, could be jazz. For me, it was jazz. It was Lionel Hampton at the Park Plaza Hotel. Greatest concert ever. Uh, but it, whatever, if you'd just like to share a memory or two, that would be kind of fun. We'll take a short break. Lines are open for you at 617-254-1030. And we'd love to hear from you right here on Nightside. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All righty. This is what we call the home stretch. It's about 20 minutes to the top of the hour, but we have time for your calls. I'm Jordan Rich in for Dan Ray, just hanging out and having fun and uh, wrapping up the evening with you. And let's do it with Jim and Dedham next. Jim, thanks for calling WBZ's Nightside. 
Thank you for taking my call, Jordan. <clears throat> yes. I've been to many, many, many concerts in my lifetime. Um, in 1984, me and the wife got married. This is just one of the one of the shows that we saw. We were at the um, Poconos Mountain on our honeymoon, oh, and uh, they had. Oh yeah, they. We were at uh, Brookdale part of their uh, chalets. They had chalets and stuff there, and um, we went to one of the bars on the premises, and uh, the Flamingos were playing there that night. We ended up closing the bar, sitting down there with the group. It was With awesome. The flamingos, and that they yeah. were still the, no in '84. They were still some of the original members. I bet. Yes, or, yes, yes, know. yep. We we even bought the lead single. You know his his drink and everything else. We had a great time. But the concert that um really that 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna have it in my memory forever was um there was a free concert at the Hat Show, and it was from the old radio station Oldies 103. Sure. And this is when uh, when uh, Karen Blake was with them. Because uh, I remember I was talking to her before the yeah. show went on. Lovely, and, lovely and, person. I know Karen. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent. And um, and and I love Motown, and I love all the '60s and '70s music, and and I love this song, "Just My Imagination." Well, I couldn't believe the groups that they were having, there and it was free. So I took my 12 year old son with me. We got to see free, the Temptations, the Stylistics. And Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, and they were all do- out doing each other. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, th- you- I remember those days, those oldies concerts, because yeah. uh, oh. we were we were partners with them in in one of our other radio management configurations. Great people. Yeah. And uh, those are those are fun. Those multi act concerts like that. Oh, yeah. it was un. Unbelievable, and you know they they all come out like how Melvin, Melvin and the Blue. They came out in their blue suits. The stylists were in yellow suits, and it was just so great to see how the groups, you know, how they interacted back then with the music. It was so great. It was awesome. Bet it was you awesome. by golly, wow! There you oh, go. yeah, all of them. They played them all. <laughs> just my imagination. All of them. I could not believe it. All right, Jim. I, I've got awesome. a I've, I've got a trivia so question. Trivia right. question yeah. for you, and only yeah. only you can answer this trivia. Only you. Okay. What was okay. the song you and your wife danced to at your wedding in '84? Oh, that was uh, what was it? For your eyes only. No, it was. Um, uh, I only have eyes for you. Yes, that's it. <laughs> for yep. your eyes only was a James Bond theme. I didn't think you'd dance. Oh yeah, to that. yeah, but I knew it was the eyes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it happy was, anniversary, and Thank thanks for so calling. Much. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> let's go to uh let's see, Janine in New York. Janine, thank you for calling Boston. You're on WBZ's Nightside. I'm just filling in here, but I'm happy to hear from you. Hi, Jordan. I do listen to you. Um I have a story. It's not as exciting as the last two callers. <laughs> That's okay. Um I I was a teenager, um nineteen seventy nine freshman in high school mm-hmm. and that's this is when they give away tickets on the radio and it was billy joel so oh, where kept, where'd you see him i saw him in the boston garden oh okay um it was so, the old garden so you, wait a minute it says you're from new york now is that what it says on my screen yes but then i was living here in mass okay okay the old garden yeah the old garden and so I kept getting up in the middle of the night. Everyone's asleep. They would say it's time to call in. You know, um, it's the old Lauren and Wally. 
stations. Oh, sure. Those so, great guys. And that's when we had to, you know, dial on the phone. And yep. they told me I was the right caller. And I was ecstatic. And my girlfriends <laughs> heard it. I got to high school. You won the tickets. And in my mind, I thought I was going to go from my town with a girlfriend to see the concert and see my, you know, at the time, Billy Joel was just my end all. Mm. He was the best. So come to find out, my parents had a whole different plan for me. My dad was going to take me. Oh. And how horrifying was that? At that age? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it was just so we got there and the ticket and the seats were wonderful. It was unbelievable. And we go to sit down and I hear somebody behind us say, Oh, she had it come with her dad. <laughs> just like that. And my Utter dad turned around and my dad turned around and he said, Bodyguard. Oh, what a and, great line. Beautiful. And he took right he oh my dad was so witty. I just lost him a few years ago. Oh, and wow. you know, we still talked about that, but he turned around bodyguard and and I was just like because I was sulking, of course, you know, a fourteen year old, you know, all the way to Boston. And that if and, memory serves, if it was seventy nine, that was before that was when the Stranger album was big, right? And it, was it was huge, and it was before uh, some of the big hits in the early '80s. So, so he had a, a sort of a different sound, Billy Joel, than he did take five years oh, later. But he uh, he went from he went from I'll never forget it. He worked the whole stage. He had a piano on each side of the stage. He went back and forth. It was unreal. It wow. was, and then I saw him. Um, and went again with my dad later with a boyfriend I was seeing and he knew, you know, how much my dad and I both liked Billy Joel. My dad got me into music. Um, and you know, again, the, he is the best showman, unbelievable, but yeah, it, you know, he, he, I was going to say Billy Joel is one of those guys that transformed, uh, not transformed, but, uh, transited quite a bit of audiences and you know from young to middle age to old um and my, it, my favorite is is new york state of mind god i love that song uh well you know being i i you know being born in new york and um <laughs> transplanted to massachusetts and and you know at a young age but you know my parents i guess i called new york my culture my roots because go back to Staten Island in the summers and go to upstate New York yeah. in the summers. It was just, it was a great, you know, well, growing up. Well, you told but, the story beautifully. I've got to tell you that uh, the, the part about your dad is great. What a beautiful. Oh, my dad was yeah. always like that. So witty. <laughs> you know, right. he just, you know, and I thank you. Um, I don't want to take up any more time, but uh, thanks, Jordan. It was great talking to you again. Likewise, Janine. What a lovely story. Thank you so much for sharing. It's It's really fun and I think it makes people feel good to hear stories like that. Steve in Rhode Island was next. Hello, Steve. You're on WBZ. How are you? Hey, Jordan. It's Stephen Lee. How are you? Ah, uh, Mr. Music Man. There we go. I'm well. There you Thank go. You. How's everything? Very, very fine. I, I'm glad you're called in. I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. I do. I have, I have three quick stories. First one is... Uh, June or July of 1967, I had just graduated high school, 
and I absolutely was in love with the Mamas and the Papas. And they were performing, I think it was called the State Theater on Washington Street in Boston, live. So a buddy and, my, and myself went in and listened to the concert, and it was incredible. And I happened to have asked my stepmother that night if I could borrow her brand-new red Mustang convertible, oh. which we took in to see. And after we got done with the concert, this is where stupidity came in. I said, why don't we go to see the college I'm going to because I have never been there. So we drove to Madison, New Jersey, went to see the, the campus of Fairleigh Dickinson University, and by noontime the next day, my parents had the Mass State Police out looking for us. Oh, when you're young and foolish. My goodness. When you're young and foolish. And that's, that's story number one. Number two, about ten years ago, I went to, and I highly recommend this to anybody, if they ever go to Phoenix, to go to the Musical Instrument Museum. It's called the MIM. And I went to see Judy Collins live. And I had always loved her as a kid you know, in the 60s, and when she started to sing her hit tunes, I just went out of my mind. I just, yeah. she still has it, and the voice is right there. Just I love it. Judy Collins, and I introduced her at Symphony Hall many, many years ago. I was backstage with her, and I was telling her how much I admired her, and she was so sweet. She was so grateful. And, Lovely uh, really lady. Nice, Lovely nice lady. Yeah. Now, here's the third story. My grandfather, after we lost my grandmother, he was in his mid-80s, and instead of going to South Beach to the old part of Miami Beach in those days where the older folk used to go, he decided he was going to go to Tel Aviv. So he went to the Sheraton and Tel Aviv for the entire winter. And we would talk to him once every week. And one day we got him on the phone and we asked him how things were going. He said, oh, I'm having a great time, but I'm really enjoying myself now because after dinner I go into the cocktail lounge and they give me a chair to sit in next to at the piano, and I sit and listen to this wonderful, you know, young piano player. And uh, and uh, and we said, "Isn't that great? I mean, is he a star? Or who is he?" He says, "Oh, I don't think so, but uh, you know his name." He says, yeah, "His name is Billy Joel." <laughs> so <laughs> here is this old old Jewish guy in his mid eighties sitting there making friends with Billy Joel every single night, just kind of sitting there as this lucky charm. And Billy Joel would just wail away on the piano. Your grandfather might have been the uh, inspiration for the piano man. Who the heck knows, right? It's possible. You, you never know. You never know. Uh, Steve, before but you anyways, sign... Yeah. I was going to say, I want you to plug your group, okay? My group. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually am just coming back from a concert that I, I played in Menden. Not Menden, in Medway. But um, I have another group that I'm with called the Satuit Band. And we play every Friday night. And if you if people go on uh, the Suet uh, Band website, uh, they can usually find us on Nantasket Beach on many Friday nights during the month of August. Uh, well, you uh, and I have talked about this on New England Weekend and promoted some of your events. Right. So I'm glad you got a chance to promote this one. Thank you, my friend. Great stories. I love all three. Nice all three talking to you, and you're doing a great job while Dan's away. And I've always loved you, Jordan. All right, Steve, be well. Thank you. We have to take this quick break, and we'll try to squeeze in a few more calls. After the break, you're listening to Nightside. We'll be right back. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. 
Let's go to Steve in Framingham. We have a few minutes left here. And, uh, Steve, I'm so happy you joined us. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Jordan. Great to talk to you. I'm a big fan of yours. I've had the opportunity to talk to you a few times over the years, and I love listening to you when you come in and sub in. Oh, you're um, very kind. I, I appreciate two, that. Two quick stories. One, I loved hearing the uh, the story about the, the woman who had her dad take her to the concert. So for me, my, my father taught me baseball and gave me the passion for baseball, but I'm the youngest of five. So I'm 60 now. My oldest sister is 10 years older. So they all, my siblings, they all liked uh, different things. My sister saw the Beatles. My, my other sister, she liked folk music. Another one liked the Rolling Stones. My brother liked classic rock. So in 1977, my brother took me to the first concert. I was in Cape Cod. I was in Orleans and um, for the couple of weeks, and we decided we would go see uh, Hart, Dave Mason, and the Sanford Townsend Band at the old Cape Cod Coliseum. And at mm. that point, uh, Dave Mason had released Let It Flow album. It was a big hit. Hart had released Little Queen with Barracuda. And then uh, Sanford, and Towns- Sanford Townsend Band had a song called Swoke from a Distant Fire. That was, was their huge, huge hit. Right, right. And it was such a fun, and it was that was my first show, and that was great. And then my second concert would be, um, story would be four years later. I graduated high school and I was spending my first year at a school called Union College in Schenectady, New York. And um, at that point, it was the quote unquote new wave. And uh, U2 had just released their October album. Oh, yeah. So I got to see U2 play their first show on that tour. And they were warming up before they played the Orpheum. They played at this little club called JB Scott's in Albany, New York. And we went with about 100 folks. Um, at the show, no seats. So we were up close and personal with you two. And, you know, within a year later, they were huge. And at that point, like, you don't get that opportunity unless you go sit at a bar with Billy Joel playing your piano. But <laughs> I, I've seen you two since then, but it's just such an incredible story and such a good experience to see them before it really happened, right? So that, Yeah, no, it would be like uh, seeing the Beatles when they were in Hamburg, Germany in a little club or something, right? It would... It, it it's yeah. it, you it, it's one of those things where you're in the right place at the right time and you don't know it necessarily maybe you do and then when it comes yeah. to and fruition it's and everybody cool. of course looked at me cross-eyed they're like why aren't you listening to foreigner and journey and those bands and and i like those bands too but it was like no i like the police and i like you too and i like the talking heads and everybody's like what and then a couple of years later they were all big yeah, that was an interesting era. I was a DJ back then uh, on radio and also mm-hmm. in clubs and uh, doing functions. And it was it was interesting because the music was shifting from the disco thing to more standard mm-hmm. rock. And um, and it, everything's cyclical, though, as you know, Steve. I mean, you've been at this game of life a yeah. while. And what, what what comes around, goes around, goes around, comes around. So uh, what's my, YouTube my, up to, by the way? What, I haven't heard about YouTube putting out any new material in a long time. Uh, Bono had released a book uh, within the last couple of years, and I believe he did a very small um, tour, if you would, with just a couple of people. And he would do a couple of uh, like acoustic songs, but he would mostly talk about his book. I think they're pretty much done at this point, which is unfortunate. But, you know, you're right. Things do change a lot. And, um, and, and the point, too, that I like to make is I constantly tell my, my siblings about how much I appreciated their influence with their musical tastes on me because I've always taken yeah. the music and the sports 
to a high level in terms of my passions and and I still listened a lot to the eighties music that I and seventies music that I grew up with and I try try to stay current too. But well, um, you but, you but, you sound quite well rounded. I appreciate that and uh, yeah, those are those are great. All the stories were great in this hour. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening, Steve. I appreciate it. And thanks, I wish Jordan. You, you have a good night. You Bye. too. And I'm so sorry we can't get to anybody else. We just plumb run out of time. Uh, but we will return. I say the collective we. It's just me. But Rob is here, too, the producer. We shall return tomorrow night. And among other guests tomorrow night, uh, I've booked a great, great friend and a longtime guest of mine in the old days, Harry Castleman, who's one of the most ardent authorities on all things television. So we'll have some fun, and I'm sure do a bunch of other stuff that relates to the news of the day and so forth. Rob, uh, thank you for all of your assistance, and uh, thanks to all the guests, and thanks to all the callers. And thanks to Dan Ray, who uh, entrusts this seat to me and to others. And uh, we're going to get out of here and be sleeping and back tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Until then, take care.